This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. You are listening to On the Daily, the Rotoviz Daily Fantasy Sports Podcast, powered by Rotoviz Radio. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the December 7th, 2017 edition of On the Daily. I'm Heath Kruger. You can follow me on Twitter at Heath K. Joining me tonight, like he does every week, it's Nick Giffen, the DFS extraordinaire himself. You can find him on Twitter at Rotodoc. He's the deliverer of just you know, these scorching hot takes, winner of, uh, I believe, one FFPC um, event this week, if I'm correct. Uh, but yeah. Nope, nope, nope. Only, I lost both of them, but I did get one team through to the Grand Championship just because I uh, did well in the regular season. So, unfortunately, unfortunately, lost both of my FFPC finals this past weekend. Had uh, faced... Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. The guy who put up almost 200 points, which is pretty unbeatable. And uh, then the other guy I faced is number like number three overall in all of the FFPC. So faced two pretty tough matchups. And uh, my teams did well, just obviously not well enough. Yeah, that was kind of my DFS weekend as well. You know, I did quite well. I think I was up probably around like plus 62%, um, which is a good week. But, uh, and I thought I had a lot of good plays. It's just, there were just some real trump cards this weekend with, you know, Alex Smith, Travis Kelsey. Um, Nelson Aguilar, I think, was another one. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, I was, I hope people listen to me saying, uh, do that Alex Smith, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill double stack there. Because that was the nut stack. Uh, that was the winning Millie Maker stack right there. And uh, that was the one I was all over for my contrarian plays and my uh, stack segment last week. So let's see if we can hit on that again. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And, you know, I think we might be recommending a similar lineup again because I kind of like some Chiefs this week. But, uh, but, yeah, let's get into everything. want to remind everyone out there you can get a listeners-only 30% discount to a road of NFL pass through the NFL podcast homepage, rotoviz.com slash podcast. Your subscription gives you unlimited access to all of our premium NFL content, and it also supports the pod. All right, let's kick it off with the cash gameplay segment of the show, Nick. And up top for the first position, um, it's going to be a position, I think, with a lot of chalk, the running back position this week. There are just some real tremendous value plays if some injuries work out as we – at least expect them to. Um, yeah, it, 
for my initial research, Nick, I'm probably going to be paying down at, at, at least one running back spot. Uh, but will you be doing something similar? And who are some guys that you think are going to be great cash game plays this week in DFS? Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely uh, still on the uh, wagon there with you in terms of paying down at one running back position. And I think most people will be on board with this as well. If Joe Mixon is out, Giovanni Bernard is basically Cincinnati's only back there uh, of any value. Um, there's Brian Hill as well, and uh, I don't know how much work he's going to get. He, he didn't get any work after... Uh, after Joe Mixon left earlier. So um, I think Giovanni Bernard will be the the obvious cash game play. Um, he's $3,100, which is basically minimum salary. And that's because, of course, the Cincy-Pittsburgh game was a Monday night game. So they didn't have a chance to adjust for the fact that Giovanni Bernard would become the probable starter if Joe Mixon is to miss this weekend. If Mixon is to miss this weekend, it, the, the slate does change a little bit, obviously. There isn't as much value freed up as the, at the running back position. There are still some good value plays, but, uh, you know, I definitely think the slate changes quite a bit if, um, you know, if Joe Mixon plays versus doesn't play. So, uh, I think the, the next back that I would look at in cash games outside of Joe Mixon would be LaShawn McCoy for me. Um, Goes up against Indianapolis. If you look at the road of his buy low machine uh, and just set the running back position and the defensive uh, facing the running backs to the past six weeks, Indianapolis represents the second best matchup for running backs over the past six weeks. Uh, and I like to stay recent. It's shown to be more predictive than going back through the whole season. So uh, LaShawn McCoy there has the second best running back matchup over the past six weeks, and uh, he's not overly priced. He's only 7,200. So, you know, if you kind of go through his game log there, he hasn't been 7,200 since the third game of the season. So really like LaShawn McCoy at a discount, a very good matchup, especially recently. And uh, he gets all the volume there in Buffalo. And uh, with Nathan Peterman in quarterback after what we saw last time where he threw five interceptions and like nine pass attempts or something like that, I think they might try to give it to LaShawn McCoy a little bit more. And uh, I don't think Peterman necessarily zaps all of McCoy's value because uh, last time Peterman started, McCoy still put up 28.6 DraftKings points on only 13 carries and one target. Granted, it was against the Chargers who stink, but... Indy also stinks. So those are the two running backs I'm really looking at. Gio Bernard, LaShawn McCoy. I kind of have some other plays on my radar depending on how rosters work out. I think if Gio plays, that'll allow you to pay up at another spot. I do like Todd Gurley. Um, just a lot of volume there. I think it's going to be a game, you know, there with uh, Philly and LA where there could be a lot of possessions, a lot of scoring. So like Todd Gurley. I also don't mind Kareem Hunt at his price tag. I know there's been a lot of issues with how he's played lately, but I still think uh, if he ever gets that volume, I, I, I want to be on him. He's going to have a big game, but he might be more of a GPP play for me. I kind of, like like I said, I think I'm sticking with Giovanni Bernard, Sean McCoy, and then maybe I'll, if I if I play a running back in the flex, it could be uh, one of Gurley or Hunt. Yeah, yeah, I like that. And ju- just to kind of clear it out of the way, Joe Mixon um, – he did have a concussion, suffered a concussion on Monday. I don't believe he practiced today, uh, which we are recording on Wednesday night. But if he does go, um, will you kind of make that one-to-one transition of Joe Mixon in place of Giovanni Bernard um, with the price increase? 
Uh, I'm not, I don't think so. It's, it's not the best matchup and I'm not super excited about Giovanni Bernard's matchup. Um, it's actually a pretty terrible matchup. If you go by the, uh, by the road of his buy low machine there, it's the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, like the eighth worst matchup on the, the weekend. And that's, uh, you know, out of 32 teams, it's the eight, eighth worst matchup if you use the road of his buy low machine. So, Probably not going to be on Mixon at 5,200. He's just not been very good this year. Um, you know, I just want a guy like Giovanni Bernard who's going to catch passes and get all the work for $3,100. Then I'm not really concerned about the matchup. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel very similar to that. Um, Gio is just going to be an absolute smash spot. Even if he's, uh, even in GPPs, I would, I know we're getting a little ahead of ourselves here, but just the value is just so good. You even kind of really got to consider himself knowing that it's going to be. A really high ownership percentage there just because the value is just going to be so easy to meet when you're getting a full slate of touches along with his receiving ability. It's, it's tough to beat. Um, a couple names I want to throw out there um, is really just kind of additional options. Um, if you would like to kind of, you know, maybe just make a, a little change in your lineups. Um, one I consider if Amir Abdullah does not play Theo Riddick against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I uh, believe he has 4,500 on DraftKings. I think um, if Geo doesn't go, I think that would be kind of the next guy I'm looking at to possibly replace him. Um, another one, um, in a matchup with the Buffalo Bills, a very um, – I, I, what's the word I'm looking for? He's not an exciting play by any means, but just given the matchup and just the slate of touches, we can expect him to see. I think Frank Gore at 3,900 on DraftKings – is a reasonable option. I don't know if I'd go after him in GPPs, but uh, yeah, I think it's a guide to at least consider. Um, and I really wanted to get your thoughts on uh, one guy, or uh, really a couple guys in particular. Um, and number one, it's um, Mike Davis, uh, 3,700 on DraftKings, taking on the Jacksonville Jaguars in this one. Are you considering possibly going to him for the for the savings, um, considering he saw just a huge snap share increase um, with Eddie Lacy, Thomas Rawls kind of re, re, you know, relegated to the bench, or at least very, very few touches. I think they only saw three snaps apiece. And uh, Tion Green, a name you really haven't heard much of um, against Tampa Bay Buccaneers as well, playing for the Lions. Are, are any of those guys in consideration just for the possible value play in cash? Uh, maybe, maybe Davis. I wouldn't consider Tion Green. I think Theo Riddick is, is a guy I would much rather consider. Like you said, if, if Gio Bernard doesn't go, um, but, uh, you know, maybe, maybe Davis, but, uh, even then it's kind of a middling matchup against Jacksonville. They've been a lot better against the run lately. So, um, not the greatest of matchups there. Jacksonville's just got an amazing defense overall, so it's going to be, uh, I think, a pretty low-scoring game. Um, I actually think Jacksonville's going to win that game. Uh, right now, Jacksonville is a two-and-a-half-point favorite, so don't love that situation there for Mike Davis either. So hopefully, uh, you know, at least in terms of making DFS easier, Joe Mixon doesn't go, and then then lineups become a lot easier. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, let's move on to the next position, Nick, the wide receiver position. One at which, kind of with how at least my initial research has shown me with um, the value you get at running back, some value at quarterback and tight end as well, wide receiver is probably going to be the position I'm really looking to pay up at as there are some um, elite wide receivers in some nice spots this week. So yeah, so yeah, who are you looking at for at least cash this week at the wide receiver position? 
Yeah, uh, well, I think you have to start with Josh Gordon. I mean, the guy had, what, 210 air yards in his most recent game there, and it was a tough matchup against uh, the Chargers. And a couple times he made Casey Hayward look a little silly. He was one of the best uh, defensive backs in the league. So, um, you know, now Josh Gordon gets a, just an amazing matchup, only 5500 He didn't, you know, his price really didn't increase much. Uh, I mean, it did, $1,400, but it's nowhere near where it should be for an elite talent like Josh Gordon going up against a bad Green Bay defense. Um yeah, I mean, if you if you kind of just look at like the quarterback matchup here for for Cleveland versus Green Bay, it's the third best over the past six weeks. So even Deshaun Kaiser shouldn't have too much trouble, which means he should be able to get the ball to Josh Gordon. I think you have to use Josh Gordon in cash. And so like if you've got a, you know, if you got Joe or sorry Giovanni Bernard and Josh Gordon, you're really saving a lot of money between uh, a dirt cheap running back and then an elite wide receiver at 5,500, which allows you to go up for, like I said, like LaShawn McCoy and even Todd Gurley or something like that. So uh, if you do want to pay up instead at wide receiver, I certainly don't mind DeAndre Hopkins. That matchup with San Francisco is very sweet. And uh, if you just go by um, you know, the, the actual specific matchup, DeAndre Hopkins is going to have a, a tasty matchup against Dante Johnson for a good portion of his routes there. So, um, I think DeAndre Hopkins is certainly in play in cash if you want to pay up instead of like Todd Gurley. Uh, also another guy we didn't mention even at the running back position, I should say, is Hopkins teammate Lamar Miller. I wouldn't mind him, uh, if for example, Mixon played, then instead of playing Mixon, maybe I'd play Lamar Miller in that price range cash games. Uh, San Francisco just dreadful against uh, the running back position and Lamar Miller has by far the best matchup at the running back position and he's not overly priced there. So going back to one of the running back play I forgot to talk about but uh, continuing with the wide receiver position here uh, I think that um, you know like I said I don't mind paying up for um, DeAndre Hopkins. I think some people will pay up for AJ Green. I think that's fine if for example uh, Giovanni Bernard is out, but if Giovanni Bernard is in, uh, it, it, I kind of hesitate with that little bit of a negative correlation there for cash games. I know um, it's not necessarily a completely negative correlation, but it's not a positive correlation. Uh, so I, I don't love playing AJ Green if Giovanni Bernard is going to be there in cash games. I think some people will gravitate toward him. I think uh, you know going down the list a little bit further. If you, if you really want to kind of um, pay down at the wide receiver position in that mid $4,000 range, I don't mind Deshaun Jackson against Detroit. Uh, he's not going to be the one who gets to face Darius Slay. So um, I think totally fine there to play Deshaun Jackson in cash this week. Yeah, I, lo- I love those names. Um, A.J. Green was going to be the one I was going to, to man crush all over. But you have that one covered. He's going to be in a lot of my lineups this weekend. Um, a name at least I, at least I don't think I heard you say throw out there. Larry Fitzgerald for 6,500 on DraftKings against the Tennessee Titans this week. And that pretty putrid secondary. I think he's, you know, in line for a ton of targets in a matchup to where he can really just pick the secondary apart and for a reasonable price as well. So yeah, Larry Fitz is another guy I'm definitely going to be considering. And a name I'm, I'm a little hesitant on this one. Um, I know he has seen quite a jump in targets and um, fantasy production as well. And the matchup is just sweet this week, but he's not a name we typically throw out and consider as consistent. Marvin Jones for 6,800 taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this week. If, you know, if Matthew Stafford plays, of course, we're assuming that if Stafford plays, do you think he's a name we should consider 
um, in cash. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't mind him in cash at all. Uh, I really like him in GPP, obviously, but uh, I think he's totally fine in cash as well, given the amount of air yards he gets, the depth of targets, and the matchup. So uh, I don't mind that. And uh, also, don't forget about Golden Tate. I mean, the guy still just crushes, crushes volume, at least in terms of targets. Ten targets last week against the Ravens, eight catches, and he gets a pretty favorable matchup as well. Uh, I think he gets to line up from. Let me flip over here. Uh, he gets to line up across from Vernon Hargraves, who's been just uh, abysmal, allows the most targets per route run per pro football focus there of the uh, Tampa Bay defensive backs there. Um, so I think uh, both Golden Tate and Marvin Jones are in play in cash, and it kind of just depends on how you're, you know, I, I wouldn't lead off with either of those two, but I think if you have one other wide receiver spot left uh, and, it you know, the salaries kind of fit, I don't mind playing either one depending on how much you have left over. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And then there's one more name to throw out there just before we move on. Michael Crabtree, uh, 6,700 on DraftKings against the Kansas City Chiefs. Another name we can consider? Yeah, I think so. Um, I think uh, we'll have to see uh, if Amari Cooper plays. I don't think he will, but especially if he's out, then I think uh, Crabtree is, is a very good play. Perfect. All right. All right, let's move on to the next position. Nick, the quarterback position. One that I think is very, very interesting this week, as there are there are some names that you know we really haven't considered much at all this season. Some real first time DFS considerations, um, except for the I guess the the real um, hype train enthusiasts of the Garoppolo's out there from last week. Um, but yeah, a lot of interesting spots and a lot of spots to where I think we could consider elite talent going against really tough matchups. So yeah, why don't you uh, kick us off here with the quarterback position consideration for cash games? Yeah, um, well, I think at least in terms of cash game, you don't necessarily have to pay down this week because there's, especially if, like I said, if Mixon is out because there's value at the running back position, there's value at the wide receiver position. So I certainly don't mind Alex Smith in cash games. I mean, I know people will probably be a little hesitant to play him given the fact that he had two bad games against Buffalo and New York immediately preceding that. But prior to that, um, you know, he's been just fantastic. Uh, I guess there was that kind of mediocre fantasy game against Denver, but he actually uh, didn't play too poorly if you look at his like adjusted net yards per attempt, for example. But uh, by and large, he's got like a, almost a 15 point floor outside of that one game against the New York Giants, 6,500. It's not, you obviously don't want 15 points from him, but uh, I think against Oakland, you'll, you'll probably be okay there. Oakland is allowing the fourth most points above the quarterback's average over the last six weeks. So uh, Oakland's definitely been banged up on defense, has not been playing well on defense. Um, and uh, Kansas City, of course, has struggled a little bit on defense as well. So I think it could end up being um, a bit more of a shootout than we might think originally. So um, I like Alex Smith in cash games as my my lead quarterback there. But I definitely think there are some other names in play. Uh, I think Philip Rivers, people will be on him for sure. I don't mind that play. Um, you know, I think some people will be on Dak Prescott. I think some people will be on Deshaun Kaiser. So I think that's kind of the the quartet of quarterbacks that I think most people will be on. Uh, Heath, do you have any other uh, any opinions on the other three outside of Alex Smith or any other guys you might be looking at in cash? 
Yeah, I think it's going to be tough to really go back to him considering just it seems like every time Alex Smith is in one of these spots to where everyone's going to play him and no, everyone thinks there's no way he can fail in this spot, right? He somehow finds a way, but that's really just personal bias. You got to, you know, you got to go with the process. And I, I think Alex Smith is kind of the clear guy to go with. Um, you know, this is a, you know, this is a Raiders defense last week to where people weren't considering playing their defense in DFS even though they were going up against Geno Smith. That really kind of tells you anything about the quality of that secondary. It's just abysmal. Um, Just a couple more names to throw out there. I I think I like Kaiser. If I'm going to go real cheap, I I just kind of happen to to like him the most, given the, you know, really this, it's almost a point of action for, you know, Deshaun Kaiser just to throw the ball as many times as possible to Josh Gordon. And if you're going to do that, you're the quarterback on the other end. You're probably going to have at least a decent day going up. It's going up against this Green Bay secondary, and you get them for real cheap. So that would definitely be nice. Um, one of the name I, I well, I should say two other names. Um, Matthew Stafford, if he does play, to me, it's with if Abdullah misses this game and it's Riddick in there for the majority of the time against this Tampa Bay Buccaneer secondary. It just kind of feels like a spot to where they're going to have to heavily rely upon him. Um, so we could possibly see even more pass attempts, which I think could be just fantastic for his fantasy prospects if that does play out. But we'll have to see about that later in the week. And one more just to kind of throw out there and get your opinion on this, because, you know, you being a Redskins fan, I think you would know uh, better than anybody else on this topic. Uh, Philip Rivers, he is a little pricey, 6800 But this Washington secondary has really suffered a ton of injuries and over the last couple of weeks, Philip Rivers has really shown that he has a higher ceiling, at least in the month of December, than we you know really expect from him. So I want to get your thoughts on him, even though at the increased price. Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't mind Philip Rivers. I think, uh, like I said, um, it, it it'll be he'll be somebody that a lot of people go to. Uh, he actually, if you, so if you look at, um, fantasy labs, they have a metric called duds, which is, uh, essentially how often does he finish? I think it's more than half a standard deviation below his expected value. He only has a five or a 6% dud rate. So very high floor for Philip Rivers there. Um, he's actually been a lot better. I know I've talked about his interceptions a lot, but he's been a lot better this year with his interceptions than he was last year. So, um, you know, uh, I think Keenan Allen uh, is a fine, recipient there for him in terms of uh, a pass catcher for him. But, uh, you know, the Redskins, they're more banged up in the safeties than they are in their uh, cornerbacks. Bashad Breeland, Josh Norman, and Kendall Fuller are all healthy. So um, these guys have been playing as a unit for a while. Breeland is somebody you can kind of pick on sometimes, but, uh, you know, it, it's it's – I think the secondary isn't as much of a concern as I would have thought before. It's really that front seven for the Redskins that have been having some issues. And, and so I don't mind Phillip Rivers, but I don't think it's as tasty as we think. But, hey, if they can't get any pressure on him, then I think it's a fine play for, for cash games. Great stuff, Nick. All right, let's move on to the last position, the tight end position. Uh, really a spot to where I am confident in just a whole number of guys for cash. Um, it goes all the way to the top with a you know a name that we're going to throw out there probably a lot, Travis Kelsey, um, all the way down to the bottom in some of these kind of three K range players. So so yeah, why don't you start us off here? Who are some tight ends you're considering for cash games this week? Yeah, um, well I think it's 
I think it's kind of a weird week. Uh, actually, I don't. Uh, you have probably more names than I do at the tight end position, but I certainly like Jason Witten. Uh, he gets plenty of volume there. Uh, Forty-seven hundred. New York Giants are a great matchup, so I, I like him a lot in cash games. I think there's going to be enough volume. I think you can consider Jack Doyle as well. Of course, um, I think uh, the matchup versus Buffalo is pretty good, but I know a lot of people end up using the Buffalo defense, so there is some negative correlation there. If Jack Doyle were to get a touchdown and you were to use Buffalo defense in cash, so uh, something to consider there. And then. Um, you know, I think a lot of people will use Kelsey and cash, and I'm totally fine with that as well. Uh, I like that play, but uh, I think with the fact that Giovanni Bernard could be a lot of value, Josh Gordon be a lot of value, you definitely can consider using Kelsey and cash. So those are the three I'm really looking at. Uh, there might be some others I think that you could you could pay down for Austin Sperry and Jenkins, for example. But uh, I'm probably looking at one of those three for my cash game lineups: either Kelsey Doyle or um, who's the first guy? Say Witten. Witten is in the smash spot. Um, Kelsey, smash spot as well. Um, yeah, in, in Doyle as well. I think he's completely fine. A name I didn't, I was surprised not to hear is Cameron Brait. Um, you know, considering just how sweet the matchup is going to be against the Detroit Lions, he did get priced up a little bit following those two touchdown catches, a little fluky. But Winston has shown that, you know, he is, he is his dude. And whenever he is in his target's, and its production just seemed to take a, a real tick up relative to when other guys like a Ryan Fitzpatrick are in there. Um, and even though it's, like I said, he, he jumped, I think, $1,200 at least on DraftKings from that, from last week to this week with them having to throw against a sec, you know, a Detroit defense that's kind of um, really played down to its opponents in the last few weeks. I, I think Cameron Bright is a, is a fine consideration. Um, and, and maybe maybe it's just the hype train's rolling for me and other people don't feel it, but... Ricky Seals Jones for 3,400 on DraftKings against the Tennessee Titans. This just kind of really feels like last season with Jermaine Gresham almost, except we have a young, talented, you know, tight end who has just been seeing a lot, uh, really a lot of targets, considering there's no other quality option outside of Larry Fitzgerald, um, you know, for a, you know, a near min price tight end. Um, Yeah. What do you think about Ricky Seals Jones? Yeah, I'm a kind of a, a little lukewarm on on Seals Jones. I think too many people will be on him both in cash and GVP. So, uh, you know, I think, yeah, he's got those touchdowns. Uh, it's not a terrible matchup by any means. It's not a great matchup, but it's a good matchup. Uh, and he has had five, six, and five targets the past three games, but he hasn't been on the field a whole bunch. When he is on the field, he's targeted pretty heavily. So there is that going for him, but uh I'm I'm a little more lukewarm on him than everybody else. I think, uh, you know, I think the way you attack Tennessee is mostly through the wide receiver position. You can through through the uh, tight end as well. But I, I really, you know, especially if you're going to play Larry Fitzgerald in cash, I don't think you can do it. But uh, if you don't play Fitz in cash, I guess you could play Ricky Seals-Jones. But um, I think he's probably just going to be a little over-owned in both cash and GPP. Fair enough, fair enough. Okay. Oh, just one one more quick name to throw out there. Hunter Henry against the Washington Redskins. Um, any sort of consideration for Cash? I know he's he, he seems to have quite a low floor with, you know, how the Chargers tend to just go back to Antonio Gates at random times during the season. But nice matchup here against the Redskins. Is he in consideration, you think? Yeah, definitely. I think he's in consideration for Cash and, and uh, no problem there with Hunter Henry as well. I kind of... I kind of feel a little better, you know, paying up for Jason Witten, but uh, that's just me. I, I think Henry might be the 
the higher ceiling as well. So I can understand wanting to play Henry in cash. I like, I like Henry in GPPs, but I guess, you know, maybe Henry's the cash play and Witten's the GPP play. If we kind of project ownership, I think Witten will probably be 5% owned and Henry could be 12% owned or something like that. So maybe, maybe I'm thinking about it a little bit wrong and Henry should be the cash play and Witten the GPP play. But, uh, I like Witten as a GPP play. He gets enough volume there and the matchup is, is nice and juicy. Yeah, certainly, certainly. All right, let's move on to the next segment of the show, Nick. The contrarian corner. Some of your top contrarian plays in any position. Where you're just really to look in. Where you're really looking to leverage off of the tournament fields and to get some low percentage plays that can really pay off at their price point. Who are some guys that you're considering, or maybe even kind of um, bigger spots, team stacks you're considering for um, for tournaments this weekend. Yeah, I mean, uh, one guy I really like is uh, Trent Taylor for San Francisco, the wide receiver there. He and Garoppolo had a bit of a rapport there in Garoppolo's first start at San Francisco. Um, Six targets, six catches, and, um, you know, I think Taylor is probably the best wide receiver on San Francisco remaining. I like him better than Marquise Goodwin. Um, I like him better than, you know, Lewis Murphy, these guys. I think Trent Taylor is, is the best receiver on the team, uh, in my opinion, obviously with, with Garcon Hurt and things like that. So, uh, I like him as a contrarian play. I don't think he's going to be more than 5% owned or anything like that. But, uh, you know, I think, um, I think he's, he's definitely a guy that I want to get some exposure to there. Other contrarian plays, I guess, um, you know, at the tight end position, uh, I, like I said, I like, I think Jason Witten will be contrarian and Henry will be more chalky, but I think Henry has just got such great upside there. But, uh, if you like Cameron Brait, then, uh, OJ Howard is also going to be a contrarian play there. OJ Howard has been, uh, making some plays here the past few weeks. Uh, he's got, you know, uh, 52 yards in, Exactly 52 yards on on three catches and four targets in two of his past three games, including a touchdown in one of those games. And again, a nice matchup here earlier this year against the Bills. He was six for six, 98 yards and two touchdowns against the Giants. He scored a touchdown. So he gets used in good matchups. And again, uh, you know, Detroit is at least a favorable matchup for the tight end position there. By per the bylaw machine, it's the fourth best matchup. So if you're looking at stacking this Tampa Bay Detroit game, which I think a lot of people will, um, I prefer, you know, kind of maybe stacking the Detroit side of it because Jameis Winston's been so terrible, but I don't mind um, stacking the Tampa Bay side as well. But a couple contrarian plays in this one, uh, of course, would be OJ Howard um, and then uh, Deshaun Jackson, I think will be a little more contrarian. Both of those are on the Tampa Bay side. I like being a little chalky, maybe going Stafford you know Tate and Marvin and then running back with one of those contrarian plays or 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 something like that in in big field GPPs so um, those are kind of the the super contrarian spots I'm looking at I guess uh, you know I think Jimmy Garoppolo could be pretty owned but um, you know if you want to if you want to stack Jimmy Garoppolo like I said I think the contrarian play would be to stack him with Trent Taylor um, because I think a lot of people might uh, just kind of you know stack him I guess with I don't know who but uh I don't know who they'll stack him with but I think Trent Taylor is a fine play in GPPs yeah I like I like that a lot um I think Garoppolo is just I'm so hyped to finally play Garoppolo I love the story the whole narrative street type stuff but but yeah I think it's a it's a fantastic play as well um I'm assuming Trent Taylor um if we're going to play him Marquise Goodwin he'll probably be a lot more owned but I think he will be in play as well 
Um, a guy I, I'm not sure a lot of people will look at, but um, I, I guess I'm just kind of really struggling to find to gauge the uh, ownership percentage on him. Carlos Hyde in that same game, he has been seeing a decent amount of targets um, in a little bit of a difficult matchup against the Houston Texans. I'm wondering if he could possibly be an option. I'm not super you know over the moon about him, but a guy I think I, I'm going to throw out there. One that you know, one stack I'm really surprised it hasn't been getting a lot of hype. Even considering a week come, you know, where Josh McCown and the Jets just put up huge numbers against the Kansas City Chiefs, it's that same Jets stack against the Denver Broncos. This Denver Broncos secondary, I know that we're kind of scared to, you know, when we think of the Denver Broncos, we typically think of strong defense. They've given up 14 passing touchdowns in the last five weeks. And three of those quarterbacks were named Andy Dalton, a struggling Derek Carr without a Michael Crabtree to really save him, and Jay Cutler last week were able to put up really good numbers against a you know a defense or a secondary we think is supposed to be an elite shutdown unit. And now we get a Jets team that's really just firing on all cylinders with two wide receivers that we know we can really target in DFS and Robbie Anderson, Jermaine Curse, given their I understand that their prices are a little bit more elevated, but I think they're going to be in a fantastic spot at a low ownership percentage, just given how many other plays this week there are at wide receiver and quarterback. So that's that's one I, I really like in particular as well. Um, and I guess one more I'm going to throw out there is just, you know, kind of exploiting what we saw last week with, you know, with the suspension of uh, Marcus Peters for throwing that flag at the end of the game this Raiders passing game to where we're predicting, we're predicting the chiefs to really throw all over them. And that means the Raiders are going to have to throw against this poor secondary that might just put, um, gosh, what his name, that uh, old veteran that they just put out there last week, that was so poor, you know, once a great player, it was just so poor that he was just picked on all day. This Raiders team gets to pick on him again with Derek Carr and Michael Crabtree back and, you know, with Michael Crabtree back, I think Jared Cook is probably a name to consider, you know, coming off a, a, a big week where everyone wanted him to really blow up and he did nothing. This is like a perfect spot for Jared Cook to really go off. So I, I, that Raider stack, that passing stack as well is another one I think I'm going to be targeting as well. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm with you on the Raiders for sure. I like that call and I like Jared Cook kind of as a, a pivot off of, of Michael Crabtree or if you just want to double stack them, that's totally fine too. I'm definitely not with you on Josh McCown. He's been incredibly matchup dependent this year. And I know you, you cited Denver's been pretty good over the last five weeks. But even per the road of his by low machine, Denver is the third toughest matchup for quarterbacks over the past five weeks. I know they've allowed a lot of touchdowns, but uh, you know, a couple of those quarterbacks were also Carson Wentz and Tom Brady. And uh, so when you compare him to the quarterback's average They've actually been the third toughest defense over the past five weeks relative to a quarterback's average. So, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm not on Josh McCown here. And McCown's been very matchup dependent in terms of uh, how he's performed this year. So uh, I'm, I'm no go on McCown. I'm not stacking that uh, Jets game, especially if there's going to be some recency bias with that attached to that as well. Uh, there could be some over ownage there. Fair enough. Fair enough. Two games I just wanted to throw at you, just really get your thoughts on them as I've been struggling to kind of find where to attack them. Um, Vegas is quite convinced that this Philadelphia Eagles-Los Angeles Rams game is going to be the highest scoring one of the week, uh, even though the, the game total has come down a little bit 
um, since the week started, I think with points going in favor of the Rams. But this is one with two quality defenses, or at least defenses we have seen in the you know this season um, do well against opposing offenses. Um, where do you think we should really go after these two teams for DFS purposes? Yeah, I mean this is a this is an interesting one because uh, I don't love you know the matchups for the the uh, the Rams here in terms of the wide receivers in their individual matchups. It's but it's going to be tough to know who's going to get the ball. I mean Cooper Cup probably has the toughest matchup, but he's also going to move around, so we can't just play the matchup game against uh, you know for for Cooper Cup. But uh, I really think Todd Gurley is probably the answer on that side of the ball if you want a piece of that offense and there's going to be a lot of scoring. Then just play Todd Gurley on the Philly side of the ball. I kind of like Alshon Jeffrey. Um, I think uh, I think Aguilar is fine, but Alshon Jeffrey is expected to be shadowed by Tremaine Johnson. And actually, Tremaine Johnson has given up the most targets per route run of the projected starting Rams cornerbacks there. So um, I I kind of like Alshon Jeffrey. I think uh, we'll also have to see what happens with Zach Ertz if he's out. Then Alshon Jeffrey is a really really fine play, and I think Aguilar becomes a good play as well. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm not, not really as high on a Jai here, I guess, uh, the matchup's pretty good. You know, I think in terms of the road of his buy low machine, it's like the seventh or eighth best matchup, but, uh, I'd rather kind of play the Eagles passing game and the Rams running game. And that also kind of fits a storyline there as well. All right. That's, that sounds like a great idea. And one more game just to really throw at you. And one I think people might ignore, given the two another two uh, a spot where two quality teams with good uh, defenses on both sides, the Minnesota Vikings and the Carolina Panthers. Are you really interested in either of these offenses? We show and I saw last week that Carolina can be at least picked on a little bit um, on, at the corner spot. Do you think Keenum and Thielen and Diggs might be some guys that you can really turn to um, in a matchup to where they may be overlooked? Yeah, I like, I like, I actually like, um, Diggs and Thielen. And I guess if you like both of those, you kind of have to like Keenum as well, uh, especially if, you know, Keenum's going to be under owned. I'm not sure what kind of his ownership will be, but, uh, I don't think it'll be that high. And I think his probability of having a good game is pretty strong. Um, Stefan Diggs will probably be, you know, uh, not necessarily shadowed by James Bradbury, but uh, he could see a lot of Bradbury, and, and Bradbury struggled with Michael Thomas. Uh, I think you know Bradbury hasn't been a great shadow corner, so if he shadows Diggs, I like that. Even if he doesn't, he'll get Diggs will get plenty of Bradbury. Uh, Thielen's got a fine matchup in the slot. Uh, the problem is um, Captain Munnerland. He he while he allows a high catch rate. There's not a lot of targets that he faces uh, per route run, but but Thielen is targeted pretty heavily. So I like I like both Diggs and Thielen, and I think uh, if you like both of them, you kind of gotta like Case Keenum. So I'm definitely on board with that. I'm not as enthused about the Carolina side of the ball. Uh, I guess Cam always has some pretty good upside. Xavier Rhodes shadowing Funchess though, it kind of eliminates that for me. So you almost have to go like uh, if you're gonna. I guess if you're going to play um, anybody on Carolina, it's either got to be somebody from the running game, maybe a Christian McCaffrey or maybe a guy like Greg Olson. If you're going to uh, pick pieces of that game or Cam, obviously, who can who can use his legs. But uh, I don't love that side of the ball. But if they, you know, if, if, if Diggs and Thielen and Keenum do move the ball, Carolina's going to have to respond somehow. So you're going to have to probably run it back with a Panther. Um, not necessarily, but you might need to run it back with a Panther there. 
Great stuff, Nick. All right, let's move on to the next segment of the show. But before we do, we have a message from our friends over at Draft. Fantasy football fans, listen up. There's no better time than now to try out the new app, Draft. It's one-week fantasy football with no management. Just set it and forget it. When you're done drafting, that's it. No trades, no waiver wire. Draft will even take care of those pesky last-minute injuries for you. Draft start every couple minutes. You can hop into one right now and play for cold, hard cash at any price level of your choosing. They go as low as $1, so there's no excuse not to try it out. No salary caps. Play in a real-life snake draft, just like you play with your friends in your season-long leagues. Come and join us on Draft today. Download the app anytime. Just search Draft in your app store and join the game in minutes. Or check them out on playdraft.com, whichever you like. For a limited time only, all new players get a free entry into a draft when you make your first deposit. You just got to use the promo code RVRADIO. That's right. Play a real money game for free just by using our promo code RVRADIO. Just search draft in the App Store or go to playdraft.com and come play, come play for free with promo code RVRADIO. All right, Nick, you brought it one game closer last week with really my my lineup just kind of falling apart at all positions to while you were quite consistent. All your players went above at least 11 points. Brings our record to 7-6 and six with me ahead by just one win on the season. So it's getting down to the wire here. 6-5. and five. <laughs> I'm up by one. <laughs> all right, all right. Enough of that, enough of that. It's seven and six. Let's move on. I'm going to pick first this week in our draft. And in a week to where I think running back options are limited, I think I'm going to start there. And I'm going to go with Todd Gurley. All right. I'm going to go with Melvin Gordon and LaShawn McCoy. Tough, tough, tough. Okay. So that means I'm probably going to attack either the quarterback or the wide receiver position here. So I'm going to start it off with A.J. Green, and then I'm going to go next with DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, I was hoping you wouldn't pick Hopkins. All right, I'm going to take uh, Thielen, and I'm going to take Travis Kelsey. Ooh, okay. That's interesting. Not too many tight ends in draft I typically go after. But yeah, that's I think that's one that definitely warrants consideration. All right, so I need to pick one more running back and a quarterback here. So I will go with – I'm going to go with a running back here. And Actually, just, let's just pick our quarterback, get this out of the way. Um, Easy one of the week. I'm going to go with Alex Smith. Please don't let me down, Alex. <laughs> and uh, One more running back here. I'm going to go with a – let's go with Le'Veon Bell in a tough matchup. Very interesting. All right. Um, well, I have uh, one more pick, and I need to fill my quarterback position, I think, uh, to wrap it up here. And so I guess I'll do the old quarterback running back stack, and I'll take Phillip Rivers. Love it, love it. Okay, let's see how this turns out. We're getting down to the wire here as far as wrapping up the season with draft. Let's hope I can come out on top. But yeah, let's let's move on to the next segment of the show, Nick, the defense position. Um, really just 
you know, kind of as we said, it's it's all about defensive scoring. So I don't think there's a big difference in, in cash and, and GPPs as long as you really just kind of get a good value. But, uh, but yeah, who are some defenses you're considering this week in cash, in GPPs, really much of anything that you think are just kind of in a prime spot against a, a defense or an offense that's prone to turnovers? Yeah, I mean, uh, I think um, at least as far as defense concerns, there's a couple, I guess, pretty chalky defenses. Um, you know, I think uh, I think Cincinnati will be a chalky defense at only 3,300 against Chicago. Um, I think the the uh, who is it? The Buffalo Bills at 3,100 could end up being a little bit chalky. Um, versus uh, Indianapolis there. So I think, uh, you know, a couple interesting chalky defenses there. Um, I don't know how chalky I guess Buffalo will be because they're maybe not the best defense, but I don't think they're a bad play against Indianapolis and Jacoby Brissett. Uh, They've allowed a lot of, you know, a lot of points to opposing defenses this year. And uh, I kind of like playing Buffalo and the LaShawn McCoy kind of correlation play there but I guess it becomes tough tough to play Buffalo if Nathan Peterman's going to throw five pick sixes or something like that but uh yeah I think um a couple other interesting defenses um you know there's certainly Minnesota I think is in play against Carolina we I know we talked about stacking um Keenum with Thielen and Diggs but uh if that doesn't work out I think this could actually be a pretty good defense Carolina is somebody I'm not too afraid of on offense and I don't. And Minnesota's down there at twenty seven hundred. They are pretty good defense, so uh, I don't mind Minnesota twenty seven hundred dollars in GPPs. I kind of like that play. I know they're on the road, but I'm not too worried about it. I mean, Chicago made Cam Newton look silly, so I think Minnesota can make Cam Newton look silly in GPPs. Yeah, I like that a lot. Um, it's one. It's kind of a not one you're going to see a lot of people play, but but yeah, Cam has been known to really just kind of turn into pick Cam pretty quickly. Um, so yeah, a couple more I just want to throw out, really just kind of uh, get some ideas in, in, in your all's head. Uh, the Chargers D against the Washington Redskins I think is one we should consider, just given how many injuries that team has suffered, uh, especially along the offensive line. I, I think that may be one to where um, if Kirk Cousins is forced to throw, and he has been you know much better, of course, in, in his later years, but he still has some interceptions in them and I think the Chargers D could really take advantage of that and one I haven't heard a lot of and it, it still has me kind of considering it but I think the more I think about it the more I like it this Seattle defense against Jacksonville now Blake Bortles has not been throwing a ton of picks hasn't been turning the ball over a lot but this is going to be a game in a tough matchup to where Jacksonville is really having trouble um against good teams. Let's just say that they've really been picking on a lot of kind of below average type teams and in the spots where they're likely not going to be able to run the ball all that well against Seattle. If Blaine Gabbert's forced to throw against a, a, you know, a defense that while it has injuries showed last week that they're still very capable. um, I think Seattle could be in a perfect spot to really capitalize on that, even though they are on the road. What do you think about that one, Nick? Yeah, I don't mind that one. Um, I certainly think there's some merit to playing anybody against Blake Bortles, uh, any defense against Blake Bortles, because he does make mistakes. But uh, obviously this year, Bortles has been much better protecting the ball, a 14-8 touchdown-to-interception ratio. 
um, which is better than you know than he was last year. He was twenty three to sixteen, um, but not a whole lot better, I, I guess. But it, the idea is the just the volume has gone down there, and uh, for for Blake Bortles through twelve games, he's thrown three hundred eighty three passes. Uh, whereas, you know, last year he threw 625 passes and the year before that 606. So he's not on the same pace. He's basically got the same completion percent. Um, but in his adjusted yards per attempt, which I think is kind of funny, is basically the average of his past two years. And that's kind of what I was saying going into the years. I think Blake Bortles is probably the average of his past two years. That's almost exactly what he's been this year is the average of his 2015, where he actually had a 7.1 AYA and the 2016 were at a 5.8 AYA. So, um, um, you know, I think Blake Bortles can have a good day, can have a bad day, but what I think is it'll probably just be reduced volume. They'll use Leonard Fournette a lot, and uh, Seattle is a little big, banged up in defense as well, so I'm not as high on the play as I think other people will be, but I don't mind it. I mean, there's always merit to playing a, a defense that has talent against Blake Bortles. Yeah, yeah, certainly, certainly. And one quick point I just wanted to, I just wanted to bring up and kind of get your thoughts on. Um, the Bengals defense against the Chicago Bears, do you worry at all about how few of plays the Chicago Bears team runs? Or do you think um, this is a spot to where Andy Dalton and the Bengals can really get up quick on them um, at home and really kind of try to force them to throw, even though it hasn't been successful this year thus far? Yeah, I'm I kind of like fading Cincy. I think he'll be at least 10% owned. And uh, just because the Bears, like you said, they they don't run a ton of plays because they run the ball so damn much that uh, I like fading Cincinnati in GPPs, uh, the defense, I should say. Um, and, you know, I think Giovanni Bernard's still fine. I understand the D-Gio Bernard, like, correlation play there that a lot of people want to do, but I just kind of like using Gio without the D, uh, you know, the Cincinnati defense there. I think Cincinnati defense can be one I want to get away from in GPPs. Great stuff, Nick. All right, let's move on to the last segment of the show, the stacks and the correlations play. You just went over one you weren't that fond of, but how about some stacks and correlations play that you are fond of? We went a little bit over this in the Kachurian corner, but but yeah, how about some other um, really just passing game stacks or running back defense stacks that you're particularly interested in this weekend for tournaments? Yeah, I mean, I mentioned the Bills defense and the LaShawn McCoy one. I think that's a pretty interesting one if the Bills can do something where you know they force some turnovers and, and Brissett has made some turnovers, then I think that could be a pretty interesting play, especially if they you know, keep the ball out of Peterman's hands uh, because he's going to be starting. You know, they see saw that first game. It was a total disaster. If they decide maybe more dump-offs to McCoy or running the ball with McCoy more, I think that's going to be a much smarter plan there. So I like the Bills-McCoy. Uh, it also kind of, you know, makes me want to get away from Indianapolis just in general. Um, I think uh, – you mentioned Gore and Cash. I think it's that's okay, but like in GVP, I basically I don't think there's a ton of upside there. If Buffalo does kind of chew up the clock with McCoy, um, I think there's more more downside there than than people think for Indianapolis. Um, I guess some other stacks. Obviously, you know people want to stack this Green Bay and Cleveland game. Uh, I think that's totally fine. Um, once again, I'm going to kind of uh, go back to the Jordy Nelson well here. Uh, 4,500, decent matchup. Um, I guess it's a super contrarian play because he he's basically 
just been abysmal. But he did get eight targets this past weekend. You know, Devontae Adams, uh, I think, had a similar number of targets. Let me flip over here. He had six targets. So Jordy actually had more targets than Devontae Adams. And they're priced you know, $2,000 different on DraftKings, essentially $2,100 different. And so if you like stacking this Green Bay-Cleveland game, um, you know, I can understand a Kaiser, Corey Coleman, Josh Gordon stack. I'd run it back with Jordy Nelson. I'm just going to keep doing it. Jordy Nelson hasn't run out of talent. It's just the fact that Hunley hasn't been finding him, but he looked, he looked Jordy Nelson's way more than he looked Devontae Adams way this past weekend. So I don't mind that play. Um, but the one I really like is the one you kind of called earlier here, which is the Case Keenum, um, Diggs, Thielen's double stack. I love that in GPPs. And like I said, you probably have to run it back with a Carolina player. It might be McCaffrey, uh, might be Olsen, something like that. Uh, I probably wouldn't do Devin Funches. It's not a great matchup there for him, but I don't mind McCaffrey or Olsen running it back in that kind of a stack. Yeah, I love that Nelson call because I believe, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Devontae Adams will in all likelihood draw Jason McCourty on the Cleveland Browns, right? And that may leave Nelson available for some extra targets. Like he already saw the extra targets last week, and this Cleveland secondary is one you can pick on. So, so yeah, and Nelson at 4,500 is just kind of a screaming value. If he could just get in line with Brett Hundley, that would be so sweet. Um, we talked about it, kind of the various pieces. I, a San Francisco 49ers stack this week with Garoppolo, Goodwin, and Taylor is one I think I'm going to be going with as um, the, the tight ends have really just kind of been taking it, really just kind of cannibalizing each other in terms of targets. Garoppolo last week just looked tremendous. I know he didn't have any touchdowns, but I believe he put over 300 yards and they kept getting into the red zone. They were just unable to convert. So if they get a little bit of positive regression, in that, in their favor, in that aspect, against this Houston Texans, Houston Texans secondary, excuse me, that you can really throw on, I think that is a, a stack that could really pay dividends as they're all fairly cheap. Um, the, the Keenum Thielen dig stack is another one I'm going to like. Uh, I had mentioned earlier the Carr Crabtree Cook stack, and one more just before we go. I just want to get your opinion on Russell Wilson is a name that. We have just been rolling with every week as he just continues to crush. He is priced down a little bit relative to where he has been, but he has a very difficult matchup here. But with that, we should expect quite low ownership. I would say probably below 5% against this really difficult Jaguar secondary. Do you think there we should consider Wilson at all just in the hopes of, you know, when you put an elite defense against an elite quarterback, that elite quarterback could still perform in certain spots. Do you think um, that is kind of a, a bet to take in tournaments? Or do you think there's just too many other good plays at quarterback? Just there's really no reason to risk it. Yeah, I mean, I like going overweight on it for sure. Um, I don't want to go crazy on it by any means. Um it's it really is uh it's a tough situation you're flying across the country to jacksonville i mean it's about the longest trip you can make other than to miami if you're seattle right like the top left corner of the united states the bottom right corner um very tough situation tough defense but if his ownership's going to be three percent then i don't mind like five six seven percent on him something like that you could go naked russell wilson if you think he's gonna uh you know scramble for some yards and face a lot of pressure i certainly think that's uh something viable but i also like 
Um, you know, I like I like stacking them with either Jimmy Graham or uh, Doug Baldwin. I think those are probably going to be the ones you want because Baldwin gets in slot enough where I don't think you know Boye or Ramsey will follow him in there. Then uh, I think those are probably the two guys you would want to stack with Wilson. Um, be be careful there with Graham though. Obviously, he's got an ankle injury, so uh, you need to follow his status. But especially if something like Graham is out, then I think D- uh, Doug Baldwin's even more in play. Uh, but yeah, pretty tough situation, but uh, you know maybe like five six percent Russell Wilson, and um, you know half the time, uh, or maybe like two thirds of the time you're stacking him, a third of the time with with Baldwin, a third of the time with Graham, and maybe a third of the time just Russ by himself. Fantastic stuff, Nick. All right, everybody, that's gonna do it for this edition of On the Daily. Please remember to rate and review the Road of His Radio channel on iTunes. Be sure to pick up that thirty percent discount for subscribing to Road of His through the Road of His Radio channel at rotaviz.com slash podcast. And yeah, that'll do it. So for Nick Giffen, who you can always find on Twitter at Rotodoc, I'm Heath Kruger at Heath K on Twitter. And we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to On the Daily, the Rotoviz Daily Fantasy Sports Podcast, powered by Rotoviz Radio. And special thanks to Randy E. Aguabo for the introduction. Please review the podcast on iTunes under the established Rotoviz Radio feed. Contact us via email on the daily DFS at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter at on the daily DFS. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Factory.